Today on episode number 534 of the School of Podcasting, we have a great Because of My Podcast story that has someone getting paid to do something they would do for free. We tackle some of the podcast jargon, starting with the A's. We revisit the file for download debate in a podcast smackdown. Not not really. Uh, we take a little podcast rewind. We have a tale of sleazy guests. And I remind you that you never know who's listening. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson. Thanking you so much for tuning in if you're new to the show. First of all, Welcome aboard. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to take my 20 plus years of helping people understand technology and I'm going to help you massage your message. I'm going to help you tackle that technology. I'm going to help you face your fears and flatten that learning curve and get you on the road to a successful podcast. All you got to do is go out to schoolofpodcasting.com and if we throw in a slash start to that, so schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-A-S-T, E-N-E-R, and uh, save when you sign up. I am super excited as I record this. It is October 2nd, and uh, this past weekend was International Podcast Day. And a special shout-out to Steve and Dave Lee over at International Podcast Day. Those guys stay up insane hours to uh, pull this thing off. And it's basically a day where you really go out, you interact with your audience, and you talk about podcasting. To which I said, well, every day is International Podcast Day in my book. But Lipson did that. We interacted with our customers all day. Hope you had a great day. And uh, what that does, we have a great because of my podcast story. When you interact with your audience, what that does is it builds a relationship. And relationships lead to opportunities. And those opportunities, you guessed it, lead to relationships. And those relationships, one more time, lead to opportunities. It's amazing. It just grows and grows and grows. Case in point, we've got a Because of My Podcast story from Lucas Apps from the Triangle Tactical Podcast. Take it away, Lucas. Hey, Dave. It's Lucas Apps from the Triangle Tactical Podcast. You know, it's a weird thing, man. I've been listening to your show for, I don't know, three or four years now. And I have probably recorded a voicemail very similar to this one seven or eight times over those three or four years, and I've never sent it in. So after listening to your, your latest show, I decided, okay, dang it, I got to do it. I got to send it in. So this is um, what podcasting has done for me. So I've always thought that broadcasting was super cool. When I was in college, I used to mess around with like CB radios and hot rodding them and, and doing things that have questionable legality with them and stuff. And it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I thought the idea of of being able to talk into a microphone and have people hear me far away was just really cool. And then one day I kind of discovered podcasts and I was like, I have to do this. Like, this is so cool. Like I can do it now. I can edit it. And then people can hear me whenever they want, wherever they want. This is so awesome. So I started a podcast and my other hobby is, is competitive handgun shooting. And so of course I started a podcast about competitive handgun shooting and like, it's just, it was a weird thing. I started the show to just be a local show. So it's the Triangle Tactical Podcast to be for the North Carolina Research Triangle. I'm in Raleigh. Um, if you're not familiar with the area, Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill are known as the North Carolina Research Triangle because of the three big research universities around here. 
And so I wanted to just be a local show about competitive shooting in the area because there's a ton of it down here. And I thought that would be really cool to do. And it's turned into so much more than that. It's just, it's just crazy. So I've been at it for about four and a half years now. And one of the really cool things that happened to me was, I guess about three years ago, I'm at work at my day job and I get a phone call one day and it just says, I get a voicemail actually. I couldn't answer my phone because I was at work and the voicemail just says, Hey Lucas, this is so-and-so from such and such gun store. And listen, I've seen what you've been doing online and I wanted to talk to you about some employment opportunities. Okay. Like this sounds interesting. And you know, I kind of thought that, and then I thought, well, you know, being a counter jockey at a gun store isn't really like my career goals in life, but I, I'll, I'll give him a call back after work. So I called him back and, and said, Hey man, you know what, what, what's this about? He said, well, listen, we really like what you're doing with the website, the podcast, the blog, everything that you've got going on there. And we want you to do it for us. And I'm thinking, okay, this is interesting. And we talked for a little while. And basically what they wanted was someone to take out the cool new guns whenever they come out, whenever, you know, a new company releases the cool new gun, take it out to the shooting range, shoot it and do a little write up about it for their website. And I'm thinking, you want to pay me to shoot guns and give me the ammo and range time and everything. Yeah. Like I'd probably do it for free. If you'd asked me to do it for free, I was super excited. And so uh, we negotiated a price and it was awesome. I did it for two years for them. Uh, just, you know, whenever the cool new gun would come out, I'd get my hands on it. And, and that really helped benefit my audience as well, because, you know, I talk about guns a lot and people want to know, Hey, is this gun good for competition? Is this gun good for competition? And I was one of the first people to get my hands on those guns when they'd come out because I had this awesome gig with the gun store. And after two years, I, I kind of ran out of time for it. So I, I moved on but I'm just super appreciative of that gun store and, and the fact that they reached out to me and it was just crazy to me that they found me. You know, I knew them. I, I was a customer there, but I didn't know that they knew that I did what I did, you know? And, and so that was, that was super cool. But the really, I think the coolest, most awesome part of, of having a podcast has been the way that it's grown. And so, like I said, I've been at it for about four and a half years. And the weirdest thing to me was this was supposed to be a podcast for the triangle area, a blog for the triangle area. And I thought like, I'm going to keep it in house and like, it's just going to be this local thing. And I, I, that's what I wanted. It was so, it was just, I didn't, I didn't think I could, I could roll with the big dogs as, as a national type show or a international show even, you know, and because we're America, we like guns here, but what about other countries, you know? And, and it was just, it was the craziest thing to me when I got a voicemail from a guy in Sweden because competitive shooting is big in Sweden. And I'm like, wow, like that was awesome. And then I got a voicemail from a guy in South Africa and like, that was awesome. And then I got another voicemail from a totally different guy in South Africa. And I'm like, this is like the coolest stuff ever. And so the coolest thing to me, Dave has been making friends over the internet with people like all over the world who kind of share the same passion that I do. And it's just been awesome. It's been an awesome ride. I just released episode 200 of my main show and it's just been, it's just been amazing. So Dave, I want to say also, uh, thanks to you for doing this, man. You know, over the years, I've probably recorded this same voicemail. I don't know, three or four or five, maybe 10 times. And I've never sent it into you. So anybody else out there, if you're a podcaster and you listen to Dave Jackson, you need to record a, a stinking 
what podcasts have done for me voicemail. But anyways, Dave, I appreciate everything you do, man. Carry on. And there you have it. Thank you, Lucas. Again, find him at triangletactical.com. And of course, I'll have links to everything out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 534. I guess it doesn't suck to get paid to do something that you would do for free. That's pretty cool. And if you're like, if you can answer that question, like Lucas said, look, he actually sent the email and said, look, I've, I've recorded this like 10 times. I don't know why I didn't send it in. And I'm like, yeah, send it on in. So if you've been sitting there thinking about it and you can answer the question, this wouldn't have happened except I had a podcast. That's what I'm looking for because of my podcast blank. And you can go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact and send it on in. take a, a time and answer a question that came in via the comments out of the website, again, schoolofpodcasting.com. And basically they said, hey, I'm looking to start a podcast. I'm going to, I've got GarageBand on my Mac. I'm going to use my uh, laptop. And can I just use the built-in microphone? And I, I'm going to use this analogy. If someone invites you to go golfing and they invite some other friends and you show up, and they have a golf club, and another friend shows up, and uh, they have a pool stick, and you show up, and you have a hockey stick. Now, sure, you can attempt to golf with a hockey stick, and you could attempt to golf with a pool stick, but compared to the other people who are using the proper equipment, it's going to be obvious that you are not using the right equipment now. Please, please, please. And by that, I mean, please do not go out and spend $1,600 on equipment. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that you can start with an Audio-Technica ATR2100 with a pop filter and a mic stand for 93 bucks. If you go over to bestpodcastinggear.com, that is my Amazon affiliate site. And I've got a couple bundles over there like that. So I wouldn't recommend the built-in microphone. And here's why. Speaking of International Podcasting Day, and I keep calling it that, it's internationalpodcastday.com. I was uh, blessed to be asked to do an hour on International Podcast Day and talk about the Messengers documentary that I've been working on. Find that over at themessengersdoc.com. And I realized at the time that, you know what, I'm not going to be able to fill up an hour with that, but I'll, I'll do like an hour or a half hour, maybe 40 minutes, and then I'll just do some some of the most frequently asked questions kind of thing. And uh, I knew that I was going to be doing this while I was uh, in Pittsburgh. I, I went over to the Lipson office in Pittsburgh this week. So I went over Thursday, and then International Podcast Day was Friday, and I drove back home Friday night. And I, I took all this stuff because Lipson turned their kind of their meeting room into, for lack of a better phrase, a TV studio insane. Crystal O'Connor went just crazy with the technology. And we needed a couple extra mic stands. We needed a couple extra mics. And we brought in a bunch of stuff. We made it happen. And so I do this and I bring all these microphones over and I put them in the room with all the, all the other equipment because I wanted to make sure that it was there. And then I forgot to take it with me to the hotel. At least one, I had the cable, had the pop filter, had everything I needed, just didn't have the microphone. Which wouldn't have been so bad. I could have walked back down the street to the Lipson office and gone in, except when we left, we turned on the uh, security system. And I do not know 
the alarm. So I, I really didn't feel setting off the alarm and potentially going to jail. Yeah, I just didn't want to do, and I didn't, the people that know the code, uh, yeah. And I just, I just realized I was going to have to use my built-in microphone. And I was very embarrassed about this. And it's interesting. I understand why people obsess over microphones now because it was really interesting. I thought my presentation was okay, but I'll be the first to admit that this was not my best presentation I'd ever done. I had notes in front of me, but in my head, I just kept hearing in my my head. It was just like, you you sound like crap right now. You sound like crap. You sound like crap. You sound like, it was just like, and I kept thinking, do I need to move closer or what? And uh, so, yeah. So my point here is, I understand why people obsess over that. Realize that once you spend really any money on a microphone that's more than, say, five bucks, you've probably got a decent microphone. Be sure to get a pop filter. Again, I like the Audio-Technica 2100 or the Audio-Technica 2005 or the Samson Q2U because behind the scenes, they're all the same microphone, more or less. And of those, the Samson Q2U is actually cheaper and many times comes with a pair of headphones. Now, the headphones are kind of like, meh, but I'll take it. And on the Samson Q2U, the volume knob is actually on the microphone as opposed to on the uh, Audio-Technica's. It's kind of on the back end of the microphone and it's not quite as easy to use. But um, with the right microphone, I would have been a little more relaxed and a little more focused, but I definitely was not. And so I kind of get why people obsess over their microphone. What I don't get is when they have a 2100, which sounds fine, and then they go, "Mm, maybe I need the Heil PR40, or maybe I need the Audio-Technica BP40, or maybe I need the Samson. No, all those are fine. You're good. Just, Just check that off and keep on going. All right, coming up, I'll be talking about how, uh, why I believe what I believe part two, as my friend Mike Dell called me out on his podcast and I'll be firing back at Mike in a very friendly kind of way that is coming up along with, uh, we will start to dig into the podcast glossary. But what I want to talk to you right now about is if you've listened to this show, you've heard me say, don't use the phrase only. I only have 20 listeners. I only have 30 listeners. I only have 10 listeners, 20, a hundred, whatever it is. Only because, again, my background is in training. So when I hear I only have 60 downloads, that's three classrooms worth of people. And I've told the story before that I, I, one of my backgrounds is in music. And we had seven guys in the band once. And one time we played to six people, of which that guy hired me for a birthday party of his, of which they then bought every T-shirt we had. So don't let the size of the room... uh, lead you in a way to go, oh, I'm not doing any good, because you never know who's listening. So I'm going to play a couple clips here. This first one, there's a great show here. Uh, It's brand new. It's called um, Podcast Legends, and it's from Todd Cochran of uh, Blueberry and Raw Voice and Geek News Central. And it's basically, I'm not sure if you're new to podcasting, if you would like it as much, but I love it because it's talking about back in the day of Ontario, California, and the early days of that. And so he's been interviewing Dave Slusher and Gary Leland and Michael Butler and Brian Ibbitt. And if, you're, if you've been around a while, you know these names. So it's been kind of fun to listen to. But Todd drops this story 
And I was like, what? Listen to this. And I'm like, if I could just have 15 minutes to talk to Steve Jobs, uh-huh. I would really tell And like three days later, he calls me. I, I, I got 15 minutes <laughs> on the phone with Steve Jobs and little old, you know, you know, dumb podcaster Todd telling Steve Jobs what he thinks about the Mac. So he was listening, which, or one of his people were listening. And I remember in 2014, I went to the New Media Expo. This is before I was the director of podcasting for that event. And I went to hear Michael Hyatt, who uh, you can find him at michaelhyatt.com. If you haven't bought his book, Platform, highly recommend that book. And a uh, big fan of Michael's show. And I, I went up after he was done and asked him a question and check this out. Michael, I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. I'm also a member of Platform University. And if you're not, it's time to start. Uh, it's an awesome place. Thank you. Um, I help a lot of people start podcasts, start blogging. They, they're starting from ground zero. So step number one is to find your audience. If they have no audience to survey, then what? Then at the very least, and it's a good question, Dave, and I listen to your podcast. Thank you. But uh, what I would do is ask, if nothing else, just your friends, hmm. the people that you work with that are part of your team, because at least it's not then just your opinion, so you end up with red glasses. <laughs> you know, you've got somebody that can at least protect you from yourself. And, and again, they probably can see things in the value that you add to the market that you may not be able to see. Awesome. Thank you. Great. And I was blown away that Michael Hyatt, one of my favorite podcasters, was listening to my show. That was amazing. Now, this last clip I have here, lest you think this is legal, it's probably not. I'm going to play a clip from The Tonight Show. And this is one of those where you could go, oh, you could probably use fair use, which is what I would probably claim in this point. I also don't think Jimmy Fallon's listening to this show, but that's the whole point of this segment, isn't it? You never know who's listening. But Sting was on The Tonight Show, and I could basically tell you what he told you. Like, I could relay that, and that would be legal, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to play the clip and uh, beg for forgiveness later if I need to, but listen to this. What's the biggest crowd you've ever played in in front of? I think probably half a million people in Poland. Holy moly. <laughs> you counted everyone. <laughs> wow. It must be like a huge What was, do you remember the smallest uh, venue you ever played? Yes, it was in Poughkeepsie, New York. Um, I love Poughkeepsie, yeah. At a club called The Last Chance Saloon, and there was tumbleweed in the alleyway. <laughs> oh, my God. And three people turned up. <laughs> really? Now, this is the police? There or? were three of us on stage. And three people in the audience, but they were <laughs> yeah. in different parts of the theater. It's like one up here. I said, guys, just come down to the front. And I introduced, <laughs> introduced them to each other. <laughs> just stand to together band, and pretend to be a And we did, a, did our show, and we got five encores. <laughs> no, did you? <laughs> they just loved you that yeah. night, yeah. But two I know of them, that place, the two of them were DJs. Was that? <laughs> so, yeah, they started to play our records. Is that right? Yeah. The I, see, I love there. that. Love that story. In Poughkeepsie, and then you go from three people to uh, half, half a million, million people. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, Not overnight, but still, yeah. So Sting was in the band The Police. Three people on stage, three people in front of him. And they could have said, oh, I can't believe I'm playing to a big, giant, empty room. Instead, they invited people down. They introduced each other to them. Think about how intimate that was and think about how weird that was. Put yourself in the in the shoes of the audience and you're looking up, right? No matter what you can do, you're still the host of the podcast. 
you are still kind of up on a pedestal. And so when you're in the audience looking at a musical act, they are on the stage. They are literally raised above you. And to have the people up there look down to you and start talking to you like you're just, hey, what's going on? Nice to meet you. Okay, yeah, Earl, that's Steve. Steve, meet uh, Brandy. Brandy, Steve. Uh, okay, that's uh, Andy. That's I'm Sting. Can you imagine that? And so they took what was just a, what should have been a normal concert. And by interacting with their audience, they made it something worth talking about. And what did he say there? Of those three people, two were DJs. Two were DJs that went on to start playing their music. And again, this is in New York City. So if you're on any radio station in New York City, I'm thinking you probably have decent coverage. I've also seen this Eddie Vedder once. There was a, a woman in the front row who was signing the songs, and he was kind of captivated by, he would talk and he would kind of look to see what does that look like when I say this. And he brought her up on stage. And it was just cool because how often, again, do you go to a concert and see someone pulled from the audience onto the stage and he's dancing with her and singing and all sorts of stuff. And it went from being just another Pearl Jam concert to an event. So when you have, quote, just 20 people or just 40 people or whatever, you have the opportunity to interact with that audience that you're not going to be able to do when you have 2,000 people listening to your audience. So take advantage of that time when your audience is still somewhat small and just, this is what I call stoking the fire. You can take those people and they will become your brand advocates. They will be your sales staff. These are the people that are going to be going out and going, oh my gosh, one last example of this. Uh, if you've ever listened to this show in the past, you've heard the song, uh, If You Like What You Hear, Go Tell Someone, which I do have uh, an email giving me the rights to play that from the band who owns the whole thing. That band is King's X, and they were in Cleveland last night, and I didn't know that, otherwise I would have gone and seen them, but my friend did, and um, they uh, got to hang out with the band. And can I tell you that the number of pictures they posted on Facebook because they got to hang out with the band was insane? Because, again, that just normally doesn't happen. So what did that person do? That band hung out with their fans, and those fans became their advocate, and now I'm telling you about it. So stoke the fire and realize that you never know who's listening. It may not be the number of people that are listening, but the quality of your listeners. So keep that in mind, because the one thing we haven't talked about on this show, we've talked about the fact that you need valuable content in your episodes. We've talked about how you have to promote your show. That whole build it and they will come thing isn't really true. And the combination of value and promotion is really what leads to the total number of downloads. There is one other element in there that we don't really talk about. And that's this thing called luck that you kind of do make your own luck. When you, when you deliver value and you promote it, hopefully the right people will hear it. And they will tell two friends and they will tell two friends and you will be lucky enough to have somebody that you went, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're listening to my show, listening to your show. I'll give you one example, one more example. Kale Nelson, you've heard me talk about Kale. He's awesome. He does the Ham Radio 360. He emailed me a while back because somebody left a comment. I believe this is now, this is my version of the story, but in the end, you, you get the point. Somebody left a comment on his his website, hamradio360.com, 
it might have been an email, but he was contacted by none other than the Podfather himself, who was a ham radio kind of enthusiast, Adam Curry. So there's another example of you never know who's listening to your show. All right, here we go. Putting on the gloves, and you know I'm kidding. A few episodes ago, a friend of mine, you know him, Mike Dell, he's from uh, Blueberry. He also does uh, podcasthelpdesk.com. Mike and I go way back. We actually, at speaking of the, the good old days back in Ontario, California, we actually went with a few other people to see The Tonight Show when we were at the, uh, whatever it was that the year, the Portable Expo Media thing. They changed the name about every half hour for that thing. But on his recent episode, he stated that uh, when I talked a couple weeks ago about the file for download option from Libsyn, he said it was, quote, bad advice. And uh, again, Mike is a great guy. And I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on this on that. But I do want to now rebut. Uh, and I think the fact that I work for Lipson as a support person and he works for uh, Blueberry is probably not a coincidence here. So, but roughly, I'm going to say it was probably two years ago. I had a serious problem with my WordPress install. There were all these Russian people trying to hack it and in just an insane amount. And so when I worked with my web host at the time, who was HostGator, they said, anything that's generating traffic, get it off your website if you can, which is kind of weird. And I went in and looked, and the one thing that was getting pounded just over and over and over was my RSS feed. This is not an opinion. This was a fact. And uh, so, and I went in and looked at my bandwidth of my website, and the top thing was, again, my RSS feed. So now, at the time... I'd been going over to Lips, and I was using the PowerPress plugin. And for the record, again, this is not bashing the PowerPress plugin. The PowerPress plugin is actually well-designed, feature-rich. It just runs on WordPress, which changes a lot. And so it's not usually that PowerPress is causing the problem. It's that something else is interfering with WordPress that might then take down your site or things like that. We've talked about in the past, keep things updated, keep things backed up, and lose any plugin that you're not using. And more than likely, much more than likely, you'll be fine. But at this time, I had been going over to Libsyn and saying, add new episode. I would upload my file. I would give it a title. I would type in a little paragraph and say, you know, yada, yada, yada. For more information, click here to go back to my website. And so that's what I did. And so I actually had an RSS feed on Libsyn that I didn't use. And I had my RSS feed from PowerPress that I submitted to iTunes. So I had two RSS feeds, one that I was not using. And so last week, again, when I talked about this, about using this file for download only to use it in PowerPress, it's just not a great idea. It's recommended by two people who I am also big fans of, Pat Flynn and Cliff Ravenscraft. And they recommended this as a strategy that if you're going to use PowerPress, go over to Libsyn and use the file for download only. And that makes sense for them, kind of, kind of, as they have multiple podcasts and they're using one Libsyn account and using um, their PowerPress plugin for the feed. Now, that means your stats are going to be all jumbled and things like that, but it is possible. You're making a little bit of a headache, but you're saving yourself a little bit of money. But the one thing is they're missing out on some automation that would also not hurt their WordPress install. So what I'm saying here is you can say, add that as an episode and take that direct link like you just did for file for download and put it over there into PowerPress. Doesn't hurt PowerPress at all. 
In fact, in the forever years that I've been using the internet, I've never Googled something and had the result be an RSS feed. Now think about this, especially from Google. Google Chrome does not read RSS feeds. It just displays the gobbledygook that is the code. So why would Google serve up a result that Google Chrome couldn't read? So I've never, and again, this is an opinion and it's a fact, I've never done a Google search and had the result come up in an RSS feed, ever. So if you're worried about it being SEO problems with my my PowerPress feed, it's not going to distract from it. In fact, let's think about it. We have one RSS feed, whoever it's through, and you submit that to iTunes and you submit it to Stitcher and TuneIn and Google Play and all that other stuff. And um, it's hard enough getting people to subscribe to one feed, let alone two. So my point is here that if you go to Lipson and you create an episode as an episode, not a file for download, you're not hurting your podcast at all. And some might argue, again, that you're creating a second feed, and that could be confusing, but I've never seen an RSS feed come up in search engines results. And here's the cool thing. When my podcast was having a problem on WordPress and my media host, HostGator, said, yeah, if you could switch your RSS feed to something else, I had a spare. In the same way that having a spare tire in your trunk doesn't really, really affect your car a whole lot, having a spare feed was really cool because all the details are already in my feed. It was a direct, it was a direct kind of clone of that. And I would just went over and, and put in the code to say, Hey, iTunes quit looking at PowerPress, go over and look at Libsyn and it doesn't cause a problem. Now you go, well then what is a file for download only for? And it's for people that have like a membership site is how I see this. So you have a, a file and it goes out to, you know, your RSS feed and it goes out to iTunes and goes to Stitcher and all those places we talked about. But then you have a special thing that's going to go just for your, your VIP members or things like that. That's what file for download is because it's not in your feed. It's not going out to Twitter or Facebook or any of these other places. It's only people that can download that are people that have your direct link. And the only way they're going to get that is if you tell them. So it's, it's kind of the direct opposite of a podcast, a podcast. You want as many people to download it. File for download is the direct opposite. You only want you, 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 and you, people that you give that to. So when you upload a file in Libsyn, you can use the add new episode option and have it do zero harm to your WordPress feed. You can, if you're using PowerPress, which is what I did for years, copy that direct link um, into PowerPress when you've made it as an episode. And like I say, it's like having a spare tire. You now have a spare feed that doesn't cause any problems with search engines or things like that. And in the event that WordPress ever craps out on you, you have a spare RSS feed. Plus, and this is the other thing that I wanted to point out to Mike that he was kind of missing. You can also have that episode. And this is one of the the cool things about Libsyn. We're a distribution system. You can also have that then go to Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube and iHeartRadio and Spotify, if you're lucky enough to get approved, Tumblr, and all these other ones, if you're doing a file for download only, a file for download only has zero destinations. It's going to nobody. So you're missing out on this automation that could make your life a little easier. So this is why I say, no, add it as an episode. Take that direct link if you're doing the PowerPress thing. No, add it as an episode. Copy it and do it like you always have. And now you have an extra RSS feed. And if you really, 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 really didn't want that second RSS feed because you were convinced it was going to ruin your SEO, just delete it. 
you can delete it and then you can still have your Twitter and your Facebook and all those other destinations set in. So if you're really like, no, 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 I'm not going to have two RSS feeds, fine, delete it. But you're, you're missing out on this automation by using the file for download link. Now, if you might be thinking, wait a minute, who is going to watch? Because I did say YouTube. And yes, we will convert your audio to video and upload it to YouTube for you. And you might be saying, who would watch a video of an audio file? Because it's, it's just the image of uh, your, your show artwork. And according to Troy Heinrichs from the Blacklist Exposed, uh, people who are deaf. And he had emailed me and said, yep, because YouTube attempts, they attempt here in air quotes, to transcribe the audio in your, quote, video. Deaf people can now read your podcast with some obvious imperfections, by the way. But they can't consume your podcast any other way. And yes, you have show notes. But this now, having your podcast on YouTube somewhat automatically transcribes it. And it is kind of funny because I forget what I was saying. I was looking at these transcripts and apparently every time I say the word calm, it thinks I'm saying dot com. So like I say, it is transcribed, but uh, it is somewhat um, not perfect. We'll go that route. And speaking of uh, things that, that aren't perfect, uh, I'm not perfect. And I was, I know I, now that I work for Lips, and for the record, if you're new to the show, I was promoting Lips and Blueberry for the, for the record. Both of those are great choices. Uh, for 10 years before I started working for Lipson about six months ago. And so, and one of the reasons I work for Lipson is I think they're the best. And that's, they were the people that I called when I was looking for a new job. But I'm, I'm the first to always say, I don't know everything about everything. And I've been saying for years that one of the mistakes I see people do, and I've now modified this a bit, is if you do, when you create the title of your episode, I've always said this is this is your headline. This is something that you want to go out and grab people by the throat and pull them in to where they go, oh, man, do I have to click on that? And I see people that will, A, put the name of their show, and then they'll put episode blank spelled out. Then they'll put blah, blah, blah. And so what happens then is if this was – if I did this on this show, it would say school of podcasting dash – Episode 534 dash, and then you never know who's listening. Well, you know, or Todd Cochran got a call from Steve Jobs, right? Something that's going to grab people's attention. Well, when you do that, if you ever Google your show, a lot of times one of the results that will come up is your show listing in iTunes. It's kind of this web-based version of iTunes. And on that page especially, they do not give you, they give you, if you could just put your fingers up just like, yeah, they give you like that much room for your headline. And so it might say schoolofpodcasting.com, episode foot, and you're done. And you haven't got to give people that part that's going to grab them by the neck and go, oh my gosh, do you have to listen to this? So I found out though, However, that blind people really appreciate having the episode number at the beginning. And I've found that if you're using iTunes on the desktop, which only 30% of people are now, you can sort by the title of the episode. So I see a, and I heard this from uh, Ray Ortega and a couple other folks, and I went, okay. So I'm always open for feedback. Again, I'm looking for a dialogue here. 
so that I can make an informed decision. So for me, I think I'm still tempted if I'm going to put episode numbers in to put it at the end because it's still going to be searchable. But if I was going to put it at the beginning, I would not spell out the word episode. I would just have something like SOP 534 or just 534 and then the title of my show. So if you ever think, ah, Dave's that old crony that's just going to come out and go, get off my lawn. I've been podcasting since 2005. We used to chisel our podcast in granite. Now, I'm open to new suggestions. I'm open for a dialogue. So that's one that I would go, if I was ever on uh, Podcast Junkies, uh, Harry over at podcastjunkies.com always asked people, what's one thing you've changed your mind on? I would go, man, I don't know if I've completely changed my mind, but I'm open to the idea that maybe putting the episode number, just the number, at the beginning of your title, not a bad idea because it benefits blind people. You're ready to, uh, have you had your Red Bull or your coffee yet? One of the things I'm uh, working on, it's not officially done yet, but we can start uh, digging away at this. So in the future, you'll hear me giving you links to where you can get the whole glossary that's uh, been kind of proofread over and over and over. But I want to, I've been talking about jargon, how you can get jargon out of your show if you can. And on some ways you just can't, that's the way you talk and it's one of those things that your audience will uh, hear you start talking that way and they'll either know it and love it or not know it and tune out. And so I mentioned how I actually went through this entire list and it just was like, oh, it was just really, really boring. And so I threw it out to you guys and somebody said, why don't you just give us like a few every episode Then you can spread it out over. And I went, I like that idea. So when in doubt, ask your audience. So today we're going to tackle the A's mainly because of my unhealthy association or, or obsession with Arthur Fonzarelli, maybe. I don't know. Nobody's going to get that joke. A. All right. His first one is A would be audio interfaces, which really don't begin with A, but the word audio interface does. And you'll hear phrases like XLR, uh, USB, and Firewire. And you'll hear these phrases. You'll also hear things like quarter-inch, and now with uh, the iPhone 7 coming out, everybody's talking about the, the 3.5 millimeter uh, headphone jack is going away, USB. You also hear FireWire. So let's like just cut the fat. FireWire was a connector used on old Macintosh computers. And to the best of my knowledge, and I'm not a huge Mac person, is no longer used on any new equipment. It's like dead. It's like cassette decks. XLR and quarter inch are typically ways to plug things into a mixer. And so I'm going to go out here with an analogy. If you go to plug an electrical cord into a socket, you you might have some cords just have a, a two-prong, and then some have a three-prong. These are just different types of cables, ways that you can plug things into the outlet. The quarter-inch and the XLR are just different types of plugs that plug into a mixer. And we'll get into what a mixer is when we get to the M's, but basically it's a thing that mixes sound together. And you'll know an XLR because it'll have three holes in it. And that three holes in like the cable line up with the three holes on the mixer. A quarter inch, if you hold up your pinky, yeah, it's about that big. It's, it's about that thick. And it basically also plugs into a hole on your mixer. You'll see these a lot if, you ever, uh, if you're ever if you around a guitar player and they unplug it. That's a quarter-inch jack, as they say. 
And uh, I already said a 3.5 millimeter connector mostly is known as a headphone jack these days. Uh, sometimes seen as an eighth inch jack because it's that whole metrics versus English thing. But if you're looking to purchase a mixer, which again is used if you're going to have multiple people in the room with you, that's when you have to have one of those. You might use one if you're doing phone calls and, and Skype calls and things like that. You don't necessarily need those, but that's where you would use a mixer. Or if you're going to be mixing in sound effects live, you would do that. And so if you're looking for that, you want an XLR jack, the, the little round one with the three holes, for every person that's going to be in the room with you. So if you it's going to be you and a co-host, you need a mixer with two XLR jacks. If it's you and two other friends or three other friends, you would need, let's say you had four people, you would need four XLR jacks. Now, USB, we're all kind of familiar with that one because of USB drives and we everything is USB. It's just another way of connecting things, primarily, again, with computers. So the ATR2100 is one of my favorite microphones. You can plug that into a mixer via XLR jack or via USB. You can just plug it right into the back of the microphone and that goes right into your computer via a USB slot. So if we were to use these in a sentence, we could say the Shure SM58 microphone plugs into your mixer via an XLR jack. You can connect the Audio-Technica ATR2100 microphone using the XLR jack or via the USB jack, or if you want to go crazy, both at the same time. So those are audio interfaces. A couple other quick A's here. Audition and Audacity. Let's start with Audacity. It's a free software that runs on Mac or PC, and it's used by a whole lot of podcasters, mainly because uh, it's free, and it has many, 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 many options, most of which you will never use. But if you want to, if you're starting off and you have like zero budget, Audacity is not a bad option. Now, what is Adobe Audition? It is a software from the Adobe company that runs again also on Mac or PC. And for the record, Audition runs on a couple other platforms. I think it runs on Linux and who knows what else. But for the most part, we're just going to talk, you know, mainstream here, Mac and PC. And with Adobe Audition, where Audacity is free, Adobe Audition, you can rent it to use each month. If you just get it, it's 20 bucks a month. If you get the Adobe Suite, it's 50 bucks a month. And it has some features that make it easier to use, a little bit easier to use than Audacity. And it's considered by some to be the, you know, to be a little more professional, but that is really up for debate as both are very powerful. And Audition has many, 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 many options. Most of them you will never use unless you're really, really, really going to get into uh, audio editing and things like that. Then you'll hear another A, Auphonic. And if we're going to talk about Auphonic, we're going to talk about the level later, even though it doesn't begin with A. Auphonic, and that is spelled A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C, is free software, again, for the Mac or PC, with premium options that can, uh, you basically, you run your audio through the software, and it will remove noise and adjust the audio levels so that they're somewhat level. Auphonic is great for interviews where one person is louder than the other, or you record yourself and you are just way too quiet. And when you turn up the volume, it gets real hissy. Alphonic might actually fix that a little better because it would remove some of the hiss. The Levelator software is free. Uh, there is no premium version for this. Also for Mac or PC that adjusts the volume of your file to be equal. So 
Again, if you have two people and one is quieter, it'll boost the quiet person to match the volume of the other person. And I'll have links to this. It's at theconversationsnetwork.org slash levelator. I'll just, again, remind you that everything we're talking about today, you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 534. Now, the difference between the two, levelator, again, is completely free, does no noise reduction, but it does level out the audio. Auphonic is basically magic. It will level the audio and uh, remove the hiss. Does some really, really cool stuff. So we're starting off the podcast glossary, and that was just the A's. As we uh, start to head out the door, I want to share one story with you. And this is from Jauntus Media, my, my buddy John Pascal. And he does a really good podcast. It's called Online Marketing and Communications, and John is spelled J-O-N, Pascal, and uh, I've, he's been on the show before. I'm a big fan of it, and he was telling the story of, and, and this kind of goes with if you want people, when you're trying to get guests, you want them to come and hopefully bring their audience to you, but think about this. They are your guest. You are a guest on my show, and I'll put links to this out in the show notes. John explains how he had a guy come on his show. And I forget the name of the, there's some sort of little, it's like a bit.ly link. and But that's not the name of it. It's not bit.ly. It's another company. And when you use this kind of link and you, let's say, let's say I'm on your show. And you say, hey, on this episode, we have Dave Jackson on the, you know, from the school of podcasting, blah, blah, blah. And I send people to your website through this link. When they go to your website, there's a big old thing to say, click here to go to Dave's website. And it somewhat is intrusive a little bit, which is kind of weird because anybody that I'm on their show, typically you, one of the reasons you tell them, Hey, if you come on my show, I will promote your stuff. I'll promote your website. I'll promote your podcast, whatever. And they put links back automatically, but this, they were putting their branding on your website, right? So they've kind of taken over your website and they've got this big thing. And um, to make a long story short, John ended up pulling his episode and it was kind of a hassle to get this stupid link off of his website. And so if you want to hear this, uh, I'll definitely put a link to this out in the show notes, but it was really interesting because between you and me, mm, what's the word I can use here? It's just a sleazy kind of move to really be overbearing, to make sure that, hey, I was on your show, but I want everybody to come back to my website. Because he was basically, he was a guest on John's show. And he would only send people to, he would only send traffic to John's site if there was a a big giant link to come back to his. And I just thought, wow, that's kind of weird. And I just had something that I've just noticed that I was going to promote on this show. And I was on their show. And again, I'm not upset about this. I just thought, well, that's kind of weird. Is... He he doesn't have all of his episodes on his website, and the only way I can send people to that episode is to send them to iTunes or Stitcher. And I'm kind of like, which means there isn't a link probably to my website, which, you know, big surprise here. I'm going on your show to promote my stuff. Now, I'm not there to do a giant commercial because nobody likes an infomercial, but I do hope to be able to say schoolofpodcasting.com at least once during the interview or at least have you link to it. And I'm not even on his website. And I was kind of like, 
okay, is this what we're going to have to do now in the future is say, okay, would you like to come on my show? And then we might have to start spelling things out and say, I will come on your show, make sure I will be on your website with at least one link back to my website, because I don't want to have to put these weird links that hijack your website to make sure you link to me. Kind of weird. But that might be something we we may be headed that way, because like I say, this is the first time this has happened to me that I, he's like, hey, your show is live. And I'm like, I can't find it on your website. And I just figured out I'm not on his website. He's got a bunch of episodes out. All, I'm in a, I'm in his iTunes feed, which I'm, I'm, you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate the added exposure. I just think it's odd that I'm not on his website. So I've sent him an email to say, uh, what up with that? Because that's a little weird. So might be something we need to start thinking about, that if when you're going to bring people on your show, say, hey, I am going to promote your, you don't have to worry so much, because that's what I always tell people. I'm going to promote your stuff, so you don't have to come on and just make it a giant infomercial. But I just thought it was odd and a couple weird questions and, and stories that I've heard from, uh, and I hate this phrase. For the record, I hate the phrase, potosphere. It's from the potosphere. I just put on a big giant tinfoil hat and, and a pocket protector when we say that. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time. Last up, the School of Podcasting is open. It opened up on International Podcast Day, September 30th. And if you were on the newsletter, you got a big old coupon. I told you. I told you. Now, I have a coupon for you as well, listener, L-A-S-T-N. L-A-S-T-N. See, now now I can't spell my coupon code. The coupon code is LISTENER, L-A-S-T-E-N-E-R. And what has changed is now you can buy a monthly membership. You can buy a yearly membership. But what if you go, well, there's a planning your podcast, there's content is king, there's podcast equipment, there's organizing your podcast, which has things like uh, Evernote in it and things of nature. Uh, There's a course just on Audacity. There's one on Skype. There's one on how to build your website with WordPress. There's one on using the PowerPress plugin in Blueberry. There's another one on what the heck is RSS and Adobe Audition Basics. We talked about those. If you want a podcast with GarageBand, I got a tutorial on that. If you want to learn how do I publish my podcast using Libsyn, uh, there's that. What about promoting my podcast? There's a course for that. What about making money with your podcast? There's a course for that that now has things on Patreon. And then what about communicating with your audience? You can buy all those individually. Yes, this is brand new. So I've, I've moved the School of Podcasting back end. And so you can do, now if you do the monthly membership, you get access to all those. And if you want to go through, buy a month, blow through everything I got, you're going to be busy. But you can do that for a month and quit because you will see when you go over and do a monthly membership, it is uh, dirt cheap compared to if you bought these individually. But uh, use the coupon code LISTENER again, and you can just go to schoolpodcasting.com slash start, and that will take you right over there. And I really do hope to see you on the inside. We're adding some new things in the future. We're going to start doing reviews of each other's podcasts. We've, uh, I still have the live Q&A session, so in addition to having the course, which will walk you right through, you, we do two live call-ins every month. You have a private Facebook group to network with people, and then slowly, by the end of this month, uh, I will have a thing where we're going to start reviewing each other's podcasts that uh, will be coming up, and uh, that's something I've had on the list of things to do, and with this new 
system. It's going to make it super easy to do, much easier than it would have been in the other system that I was using. And uh, I'm just looking forward to making this to growing and growing and growing. And now I love the fact that if you just need one course, you can just take one course. It's much more economical to sign up for a monthly membership. And also, this is one of the big keys of choosing this particular platform. The one thing I did is I go in. It's super easy. If you want to cancel your account, you don't have to contact me. My old system, you did. That was kind of a pain in the butt. And now if you, when you're ready to leave, when you're ready to graduate, click a button, go into my account, click on that, close it down. You're done. And uh, thank you so much for your support. So really looking forward to seeing you on the inside. I've been waiting for the School of Podcasting to open. Again, use the coupon code LISTENER. And uh, that also includes priority email support. There's actually a ticketing system for you on that. So look forward to seeing you on the inside. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, thanks to everyone who is involved with International Podcast Day. That was a great time. I know for me, by the time... I got up at seven in the morning and I got home around 11 o'clock because I had to stop on the way home and, and uh, get some gas and, and got some more food, even though I'd already eaten dinner just to kind of keep me awake. So it was, it was a long, long day, but uh, you know, Bernie was glad to see me when we got home. And uh, so thank you so much for tuning in. School of podcasting is open. Hope to see you on the inside And until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. Hi, Bernie. Did you have any parties while I was gone? No? Played some music though, huh? Who's your favorite singers and stuff? Cat ah. Stevens, really? Is your favorite singer? Ah. Wow, I didn't see. I thought you would be more of a Steel Panther kind of person, but uh, I wondered. I, I heard you were pretty loud. Ah. Well, okay. We'll try to keep it down. We don't want to annoy the neighbors. All right, buddy. Ah. All right. But other than that, you're okay. All right, well, that's good to hear. I missed you too, buddy. It's good to be home.